BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Today, we are joined with Lily Kunin, who is the co-founder of Clean Market, the voice behind Clean Food, Dirty City, and the author of, is it Clean? Good Clean Good food. Clean Food. I knew I was going to mess that up. So much clean. Um, so Lily and I, I don't know if you actually remember this. We met once before um, at a revitalized dinner. Like Yes, yeah. I do remember. That was the first dinner of the weekend, right? I think so. Oh, no, it wasn't at Revital. I've never been to actual Revitalize. It was at, um, it was somewhere in Brooklyn. Oh, at this, yes. like, really nice, I just remember they had really good sweet potatoes, a dish. And they had that. And there was, like, a table of bloggers. And, like, yes. a group of us were together. And I remember we were talking, and I had asked, I was asking you about your blog, and you had said, I'm actually starting this new idea, this place, and it's going to be in Midtown. And I was like, oh my God, I work in Midtown. It'll be near my office. Like, no longer is it, but um, that was my first real introduction to you. So I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. Of course, and talk about everything. So I did just give you a little heads up, but first questions first, how would you define success? I really yes. put you guys like Yes, a- you gave me a heads up only like 30 seconds <laughs> ago. So I haven't had that much time. It's to so mean. Think I'm sorry. Um, no, I think it's something I think about a lot because like I'm building a company from the ground Definitely. up now. And, you know, you can't, I try to look at it as what does success mean? What does it mean to you? And mm-hmm. it's so different so for different. everyone and it's so personal to people yeah. because it's like, you there's so many different lifestyles you can kind of Mm -hmm. like choose to live and we've chosen to live a new york city (laughs) fast-paced lifestyle for better or worse at times um and it sounds kind of cliche but i do think success means feeling fulfilled and happy Mm -hmm. in your daily life and so you know because i've been thinking about it in the context of my business which is like 10 months old. Yeah, it's a baby. It's a baby. And so how do I define my personal success against that? That's a Mm -hmm. lot of pressure when you're building a business and where the business is going to be in two to two years or five years or 10 years. And I try not to link my success directly to business goals. Exactly. I was going to say it must be very difficult to separate the two because I found that my measure of success has been very different now than it was when I was in the corporate world, but that was still a personal thing. 
owning a business is difficult because it's so easy to mark up against, okay, what are my sales this year? Or mm -hmm. like, what's my growth? And you're provided these actual numbers for the success of the business, but that doesn't necessarily relay to the success, like personally uh, Exactly. So there's definitely business success. And exactly. those are quantified by real specific numbers, yeah. um, whether it's sales goals or, you know, employees that are staying with us. Mm -hmm. Like there's real qualitative and quantitative numbers that we look at and can define business success. Yeah. But then, like you said, it, you know, it can have obviously an impact on how you feel, your totally. mood, you know, all of that. But there's other things that are really important mm -hmm. and that's like feeling happy in your daily life, like taking care of yourself. Huge. Um, like, am I taking the time mm -hmm. at least an hour a day to get that like rest and relax and meditate? And that's so important. Yeah. And I believe that all of that stuff, all the personal success has such an impact on the business success too. I totally agree. And I personally really notice when I'm not putting in that hour or so or whatever it is each day of me time, like you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And that other also can mean a business. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you do as your like kind of me time? What are some things that you rely on? I am trained in Vedic meditation. Oh, cool. So I really try to do 20 minutes twice a day. Mm -hmm. um, usually, recently, that's been like 20 minutes once a day. Yeah, which I'm, I'm on still... the same boat. I got yeah. rid of my afternoon. Not purposefully. It just kind of was the first thing that I was like, oh, I don't have time. And right. it's the first thing to go when really it probably should be the last thing. But I'm Yeah, with you. I find it ends up creating more space. So it oddly feels like you have more time. I know. Um, but in the moment, you, it yeah. can totally fall to the wayside. It's like, oh, I don't have time to do this. Um, so is that mantra-based? It's mantra-based. So okay. everyone receives a mantra from their teacher. Got it. Um, and I was trained with Jack from The Broad Place. She's okay. based in Australia, but she does some trainings in LA and New York, and she's wonderful. I cannot recommend her enough. Very cool. I'll put that information in the show notes for people because I went to Ziva Meditation with Emily Fletcher, and a lot of people ask about that. And it's definitely expensive, but I'm always looking mm -hmm. for other options to provide people with. Actually, it's funny because I did my training oh, really? at Ziva. Like oh. Jack rented the space, so it was That's so probably in the same room. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. very funny. So you do that every day, and then is exercise also a big part of this for you? Yes, yes. So we, you know, again, integrating it into the business, like mm -hmm. business and personal, there is such an overlap, and because we are working at the office downtown, at the store, and I'm yeah. with my team all the time. We try to integrate team workouts into the week. So I it really that. carves out time for yeah. it. So we usually end up doing Soul Cycle once or twice a week, which is directly next to our store. I saw that when I went there. I was yeah. like, well, this is convenient for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's great to pop over there for a quick 45 minutes. And then Really, I'm mostly like low intensity workouts like Pilates mm -hmm. and yoga. And again, just getting into that like rest and relax state yeah. a lot of the time. Um, and I love the class too. I love the class by TT. Love it. It is so hard, but it's so amazing. It is so hard, but you feel amazing after. Amazing. It's like the best therapy in the world. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey. I know currently, and I definitely want to focus on Clean Market and how you came to found that 
between like the idea and then actually putting in motion. But how did you enter this space of kind of wellness and food originally? A long yeah, time ago. it was it wasn't super intentional. So yeah. I have a long history with chronic migraines and vertigo mm-hmm. and was sick for a really long wow. time. I want um, to talk to you about migraines because I'm struggling with some oh now. No. Yeah, it's okay. It's a yeah, it can be a total process. So like it was four years for me of like going to every single type of doctor from neurologists mm-hmm. um, to more alternative doctors and practitioners like acupuncturists and cranial yeah. sacral therapies. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of before all of those words were even in the conversation. It was like ten or twelve years ago. Yeah. So definitely before. Yeah, definitely yeah. before. And You know, nothing was really working, and I was really frustrated. Um, This was kind of four years into the process, and I was getting vertigo almost every single day. And I was in college at this point, so it was really starting to interfere with, Mm -hmm. like, just being normal and social. Um, And so my grandfather had just been diagnosed with celiac disease, and... I went online and researched what it was and I saw like the long laundry list of symptoms was migraines and vertigo. And I don't, I I can't remember exactly, but I don't think that had ever been brought up in a conversation Mm -hmm. with a doctor. And especially back then, I feel like people were less focused on what you were actually eating and its effect on everything. Right. Or the effect would be linked directly to the digestion, which I didn't really have any issues with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just decided to give up gluten and I was like, why not? I've tried everything. Exactly. And I felt so much better literally the next day and over the course of the next couple weeks. That's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of the long story short Mm -hmm. of how I got into being interested in wellness and like what we're putting in our body and how it affects or the fa- the effect it has on us and how we feel. Definitely. And I think handling it, like experiencing it firsthand really makes you acknowledge of like, okay, sure, we know that you should eat a cleaner diet and like more fruits and vegetables. But when you're struggling with something, a serious mm-hmm. symptom like that, and it's so obviously a part of your life, and then you cut out one food and you notice how much of a difference it can make, it's like, what the hell are we all missing? Exactly. How have we missed this entire thing? Right. And then it's so personal. Like, it's not like I went on a crusade to be like, everyone must be gluten-free. Yeah, it's so personal. But it's like, it's great to experiment with food groups if you're Mm -hmm. having symptoms in your body. And like, why not? Because when your symptoms are that bad, I know personally I'm willing to try anything. Exactly. I will not write off any type of practice until I've tried it. Exactly. You never know. It's so true. And people ask me all the time if I miss gluten. And the answer, you know, of course, sometimes, like, yeah, yeah I miss a bagel and, like, mm-hmm. the crusty bread. Like, why are there not but... good gluten-free bagels? I talk about this a lot That's because I'm gluten-free as well. And, the like, bagels are one thing I miss and table bread. I know that's weird. But yeah, like, no, when you go I agree. To a like, focaccia yes. and, like, oh. the crusty bread. Yeah, that's so, what it is. Boz, have you had a Boz bagel? Gluten-free no. bagel? I would say that that's like the best gluten-free bagel. Where do you get those? At Boz, B-A-Z, oh, okay. I didn't know in Soho. Is. It's I like a go. bagel shop. 
Um, and then Justa, have you heard of Justa and Jelena oh, yes, in yes, yes. LA? So they just came out with like a crusty sourdough bread. Oh, really? Next time I go, I'll bring one back Seriously? to you because it's like literally game changing. They also sell it at Erewhon there. And I have a whole loaf in my I was going to say, do you just bring freezer. back a ton yes. and freeze them? I've yeah. also heard that Sedell's has good gluten-free bagels, but I've never tried. So I've had it. At a couple, yeah, I agree. They're good. good. Okay. Yeah, they're good. I got, I got to check out that. So you cut out gluten, and then were you cooking when you were in college, or was that something that started when you graduated? Yeah, so it started when I graduated. Everyone, I went to Connecticut College, mm-hmm. which is like tiny school in Connecticut, and everyone lives in dorms all four years. So yeah. we didn't do any cooking. Um, but after college, I moved to Boston for a year. Mm-hmm. And then to New York. And it was really when I was in New York in like okay. a tiny kitchen in the West Village. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. started cooking and experimenting. And I had grown up with chefs in my family, not my immediate mm-hmm. family, but I was always really comfortable around food and cooking. So that's yeah. really how it was born. And I started taking photos um, and posting them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it was a photo. It was totally a photo diary. It was like I made overnight oats and, you know, it was for myself to refer back to as to like the combinations I was putting together with like little notes in the captions. That's so interesting. And how long ago was this? Gosh, that was probably 2014 or 15. So like right when food Instagrams were like well, before they were a thing, but when some accounts were starting. So in the very early stages, right? Exactly. So I think it was probably popular in Australia because I remember all the accounts I followed were Were in Australia. But it wasn't like you were starting an Instagram then to start a food Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way I could have been like, oh, this is going to be something someday that people are going to follow. Yeah. It's still so crazy to me to think about, but... That's like you were just starting it to refer back on your own. Like I started mine because I was – my friends were just annoyed with me constantly texting them pictures <laughs> of stuff I had made. So I'm like, you know what? I'll put it somewhere and then you can just actively look at it when you want. Perfect. So they I can self-select. <laughs> exactly. I have to do that with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, but I'm like I won't totally pledge your inbox. And yeah. so that was when your account – became what it is and then from that point how did that then lead and also we should do a little explanation of what like what is clean market and how did Mm -hmm. your account turn into that idea yeah so there was a long journey from like when I started the Instagram to clean market and I was actually working full-time in education um, for a nonprofit network of public charter schools in low-income communities And I was working mostly in development, so raising money for them. Mm -hmm. And I transitioned to the marketing team, and I was um, working in marketing for them for about a year and a half. And during that time, really thinking about my transition, Mm -hmm. was actively doing Clean Food Dirty City on the side, where I was sharing mostly at the time. It was healthy, simple recipes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it did start to snowball to the point I was getting a bunch of inbound requests kind of like making me think a little bit more about what was next. Um, And so as it continued to grow and I started contributing for some publications, my editor from Abrams reached out to me and was like, have you ever thought about writing a cookbook? I love that. Um, And honestly, I really hadn't. Yeah. So 
um, I met with them and it became super real super quickly. Like Mm -hmm. I had been in the blogging world for a little bit, for a little while. So I had some friends by that point that Mm -hmm. had written books. So, you know, I like called them and we met up and I got all their advice and got an agent and ended up writing my book with Abrams. Wow. Um, And so that released in 2017? 2017. Exactly. And simultaneously, I was going back to health coaching school. At IAN? At IAN, which you did as well, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I was deciding between IAN and going back to like your full nutrition program. Mm -hmm. And IAN was a great fit for me at the time because I really wanted to advance my education um, while staying true to like what I really wanted to do rather than taking essentially like four years to get Definitely. a nutrition degree. And it's very different. People ask me a lot, like, should I go to health coaching school or should I become a nutritionist or a dietitian? And I'm like, they're so different. I don't even think they're comparable. It's so different. And I think it depends on what your goal is, hundred percent, what you're trying to do. And you can do both. So mm-hmm. I kind of looked at it as like, there's no wrong decision. This is the right one for me right now. Yeah. And I'll always benefit from the health coach training if I ever want to go back to nutrition. I totally agree. And I think while we're on the topic of health coaching, like it is a little difficult of water to kind of like swim through in the sense of people oftentimes think you're a nutritionist or refer Mm -hmm. to you as a nutritionist or a dietitian. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like I try to learn as much as I can, but I make it very clear I don't have that specific certification because I honestly kind of think that it's unfair to the people that put in the four years of education and then the internships and all that. But for anyone that's considering either one, I think it really takes – you have to take into account what do I want to do in the end game. Like personally, when I went to IIN, I didn't even want a health coach. I just wanted to learn more for myself, Mm -hmm. and that, that was the only option that I could do that while I was still working. And then I ended up loving the idea of it and loving the idea of coaching, started it, and began my practice. But you then moved on to be a health coach at Parsley Health, correct? Yes. So I actually wasn't a health coach at Parsley Health. Oh, you were? So I I misspoke. Yeah, no, but something similar. So um, Parsley had just started. Yeah. had seen an article come out about them in Well and Good while I was like sitting at my office mm-hmm. job, and like I was refreshing like, oh my Well and Good. God. Every yeah, day. this That's is my dream. <laughs> like a woman doctor in functional medicine. This mm-hmm. sounds great. I really want to work for for them and get experience with them, um, and help them grow in any way that I can. And so I was still in IAN at the time, and Got I it. just reached out to them to see like what I could do to help. Um, them grow the company and they were about three weeks old at the time. Oh my God, you really got in every time. Yeah. And so I was with them for about a year and a half part time, um, helping them with marketing communications. And then on the flip side, I got to shadow Robin, who's so incredibly smart and health coaches and really get a crash course in functional medicine and supplements and how to navigate, um, you know, basic health issues that come up in functional medicine. And that really gave me the confidence to start my own health coaching practice. So I was doing a little bit of health coaching on the side. Um, The timeline is kind of all overlapping Mm -hmm. in the last like four years, which I actually really recommend for people making a transition. Like it gave me the confidence I Mm -hmm. needed 
um, to make that like huge jump to another industry. Um, So I was health coaching. I was at Parsley. I was writing my book um, and doing doing all of, yeah, I was doing a lot. And then I ended up about a year later phasing out the health coaching just Mm -hmm. because it was too many things. And as you know, with health coaching, you want to give like 110%. Yeah, I know. I'm even struggling recently with like some health issues of my own as a health coach. I'm like, shit, I hate that. Like I have to reschedule these things to deal with myself. Like you really want to give them your all. And so it does take a lot of time. It's way more than just that like weekly or bi-monthly meeting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you do have to take care of yourself. I know. I I know. It's something (laughs) I'm working on. So then after this, what sparked the idea of clean market? Yeah. So I had kind of wrapped up my book. It had come out. Mm -hmm. I did a few big launch events and um, everything was going great with the book. Um, I'm definitely not a natural writer. So that was a, <laughs> that was a whole other process and challenge. It must be really tough. Writing the book. So I wasn't necessarily like my next step is writing another book. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's ride this out for a little, um, see yeah. how the first book goes <laughs> and maybe I'll revisit it. But I'm not like a natural writer. Got it. Um, And so I was thinking about like what's next and had thought a lot about a cafe, Mm -hmm. but that didn't really marry like my passion for wellness and functional medicine. And I met my partners. It was kind of serendipitous and they were working on some similar projects in the city, bringing everything under one roof from their own experiences Mm -hmm. in wellness, in the industry, in travel and real estate. Um, they're in totally different industries and, you know, from my own experience, like I was running one place to get a B12 shot and another place Mm -hmm. to get an infrared, go to an infrared sauna or pick up supplements. And so, you know, my goal is just to make wellness more accessible in a Mm -hmm. retail setting, but then also bring it all under one roof to a place where you can like really trust that everything on the shelves is safe and vetted and yeah, clinically tested. I think I totally agree. Like I almost get overwhelmed sometimes by the appointments that I have, mm-hmm. which is so ridiculous to say. But, you know, I put a lot of time into myself appointment appointment wise and when they're scattered all over the city, it's so overwhelming. I'm like, it I is. have to get here and then I rush there and the rush and travel in New York, and I realize how privileged this sounds, but the rush and travel in New York causes me anxiety that I'm like, yeah. I just left one thing that's supposed to call me and I'm immediately back at that level of stress. Well, exactly. Like I found my, and again, it it's obviously privileged yeah. to say, and you know, a lot of our services are at a high price point, mm-hmm. but I do think about price point. I try to make yeah. a lot of introductory um items like a very reasonable affordable price point Mm -hmm. services but also products in the store so yeah and I um, loved all the products in the store I was like this is some of my favorite this is some of my favorite (laughs) and then there were products that I had wanted to try that I hadn't gotten my hands on before and so I went a little wild but I do love that you're vetting all of the things Mm -hmm. also and providing like a home for so many items that Honestly, you can't buy a lot of those in stores, I found. Like, I do majority of my shopping online anyway, but it was so convenient to walk in there and see so many brands I love 
and just be able to leave with all the it's goodies. It's definitely a dangerous place, oh my God. even for me. So dangerous. <laughs> so you had this concept, and then when did Clean Market open? So Clean Market opened about 10 months ago. We got rolling on the project probably about 18 months ago, okay. and then it was born in its current iteration, which encompasses our services. So we have our right. IV drips, infrared saunas, whole body cryotherapy and mm-hmm. cryofacials. And then we have our organic coffee and matcha bar mm-hmm. and the whole retail section, which we just went over. Yeah. That's so fun. I love having all of those things in once. Are you like someone who's doing a lot of these services mm-hmm. every day as the owner or are you kind of yeah I mean I wish I was I wish I was doing them a little more um no but I think what's great about them is like you don't need to do them every day to get the benefit like my goal is to do the infrared sauna once a week which Mm -hmm. is I find is great for me like again I have I'm very prone to vertigo um and dizziness and I find that once a week in the sauna for 45 minutes gives Mm -hmm. me like a really great nice detox sweat lowers cortisol Mm -hmm. doesn't dehydrate me too much um in the winter sometimes i'll do twice a week um make sure i get my four quarts of water in after oh my god so i i did a lot of infrared sauna sessions during my heavy metals detox which Mm -hmm. has been kind of over the winter it was january through april so i was going twice a week and it was great but now that it's hot out i'm like shit when I leave this place I'm drenched and then I step out in New York and I'm like I can't stop sweating so I might be moving it to once a week over the summer yeah or you know like how how long do you go in for I just do 30 minutes perfect yeah you can even do like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. your body's still getting a great benefit yeah I'm always amazed by the people that can do 60 it's a lot. I, I don't know how. <laughs> I hope they're hydrated. Yeah, I hope um, so too. <laughs> but your body does get used to it. So like, yeah, you know, if you're new to infrared sauna, start with 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. increase a few minutes each time and your body might be craving 60 minutes, yeah. you know, if you... Who knows, maybe come. one day I'll be the hour yeah. long person. Yeah. So what is the goal within Clean Market? Like what's next? I saw you are opening. Is this public? Yes. Okay. So where is the next location? So store number two is in Brookfield Place. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Yeah. Closer to me. Yeah. Closer to the downtown crowd. I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. Um, And it is opening in fall of this year. Okay. Amazing. And is it all the same? Is it the same layout or are there more services, less services, or is everything kind of duplicate? It's very similar. Um, There will be some small footprint changes but it has all the same elements so if Mm -hmm. you're like familiar with the store at 54th you'll be able to expect the same thing okay Um, but one thing I'm really excited about is once we launch store number two we'll also be launching a commissary kitchen oh very cool so we can really like build out our food program that's awesome and will that food be sold in both locations yes yay and are you doing full recipe development for that or is there a team of you guys working on it I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing full recipe development. And then I'll bring in, we have some really talented um, staff on our cafe team. So I'll pull them into all the testing too. That's so exciting. It's like marrying both of your worlds. Yeah. And And then we have store number three, which we just signed, which isn't public yet, but I think it will be by the time this comes out. Okay. Um, And that's at 40 Bleecker in NoHo. Oh my gosh. Even closer. 
Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and is clean market something that you guys want to expand to different cities or right now is the primary focus just New York? So we are looking at a few other cities. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely focused on New York for like the next year to two years. Okay. Um, and then we're in conversations with a couple other Got cities. It. I was going to say this kind of screams L.A. also. It does. It does. Yeah. I would love to be in LA. I know, you are you back and forth still, or are you now here? I'm here. Like I love being here mm-hmm. because I literally miss the store when I'm gone <laughs> for too long. Um, but I was I was born in LA. I have a lot of family there, mm-hmm. and I've been going back and forth since I left my job. That's what I thought. Like five, four or five years ago, spent like a year and a half of that time out there. Mm -hmm. So I still love to go out there. Um, and it's great inspiration too. I feel like there are a few years ahead of us. I agree. When I go there, I see things and I'm like, what, how do I not even know what this is? I thought like we lived in the Mecca of wellness, but it's definitely LA. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Erwan has an entire wall dedicated to vegan jerky. I would do anything (laughs) to have Erwan here. Anything. I know. Like it's, Oh my god! Incredible. I went to heaven when I was there. I could have bought the entire store. It was dangerous. Very dangerous. My yeah. bill is like it's never so less bad. than a hundred. Yeah, it's really, really bad. We went I was there um for Expo West mm-hmm. and I extended the trip with two girlfriends and we stayed in like Venice area. And while we were there, we were there for I think three nights and we had two full meals at Erwan and like two full grocery hauls as if we were living in this apartment. Right, right. I'm like, guys, we're also getting on a plane, but it was me buying most of the stuff. Um, well, luckily we, it's pretty much a research right off for us. I was going to say, right. Yeah. I'm like, well, this can just go to my business expense of the trip. Um, so you've done some incredible things and like you definitely have your feet in a bunch of different water, which is amazing. I don't know if that was the right way of using that saying, but how or what would you say your favorite characteristic about yourself is? Because you clearly have many talents. So how do you choose one? <laughs> Thank you. That's too kind. <laughs> um, I was actually recently asked this question, so I feel really? like I should stick with the same Go answer, for it. right? Um, I think it's that... I'm kind Mm -hmm. and I can carry that with me wherever I go. Like that's one thing I really have kind of, I don't want to use the word control, but it's one thing you really can Mm -hmm. be present. You're in charge of it. Exactly. Yeah. And so kind of no matter where you go, what situation you're in, whether it's business, it's professional, it's working with partners, like that's the one thing you can Mm -hmm. bring to the you know, meeting the situation, what whatever it is. And, you know, ultimately that benefits you. And totally. that leads back to, like, feeling good mm-hmm. in your daily life. I totally agree. And it is something that's so easily overlooked almost. Like, people just forget to be nice in work settings. Mm-hmm. And it really means a lot to the other people involved. And it's something that I find I always remember about someone oh that person was very nice I would like to work with them again Mm -hmm. and then something comes up like a year later and they're the person I want to work with right so exactly it makes such a huge difference massive 
And then on the flip side, I also notice when people aren't so yeah, nice, exactly. which is, which I'm still working on being like compassionate about yeah. like why the person isn't so nice because yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like zero tolerance about it. But yeah, that's what I'm working I on. I feel you. I'm the same. <laughs> um, and then to bring it back to food, the question that I always asked everyone in my life and like to close out the podcast with is what are up to three ways to your heart through food? So it's not necessarily your last meal, quote unquote, but what gives you that sense of joy and happiness when you finish or complete the snack, the meal, the experience. And it can be as specific as like this exact Mm -hmm. steak, whatever dinner from a restaurant at home or like general ice cream, Mm -hmm. which is one of mine. (laughs) One of my, the first one that pops, that comes to mind was, um, this cheese bread that my mom used to always make me growing yeah. up. Obviously now there needs yeah. to be some variations <laughs> on it, but if I ever do go for it, even on like a gluten-free crusty bread. Yeah. So like the classic way was like a French baguette mm-hmm. with butter and then mm-hmm. like grated Parmesan and she would stick it under the broiler. Yum. And I would eat that for breakfast before school, like every day almost or a couple days a week and I was like so anxious as a kid yeah I would have a hard time like eating before school because I'd Mm -hmm. be like my stomach hurts and so that was like my go-to comfort food my go-to comfort food and I still love it I had that with um like Costco used to make these Belgian waffles that were in these little cardboard like serving things and then individually wrapped and you would microwave it and that was my, like, comfort pre-school breakfast. And I would have that and then strawberries and whipped cream, which is so ridiculous to think about. <laughs> like, not every once in a while, every day. Every day. But I felt the same way. It's, like, the comfort before heading exactly. off to the intimidating school. Exactly. Um, so I find myself doing – like, I still have cheese mm-hmm. every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um but I'll do it on gluten-free bread now, obviously, with, like, yeah. ghee and it's the You upgraded. have to buy it. It's the <laughs> yeah, I have to buy it as much as possible. Um, I Everything that keeps popping in my head is, like, bread and cheese. I'm like, damn, <laughs> this is not The girl good. who's gluten-free. Yeah. It's all through bread. Um, well, the next one, like, my... I used to, we used to go to my grandma's like every summer, Mm -hmm. especially around July 4th with all my cousins. And like, she had this grilled cheese press and it was just like every day for lunch, we had grilled cheeses and like watermelon and that that. whole thing. It just totally reminds me of summer. Like we had these summer spreads for lunch um, that were just the best. And then we entertained a lot when I was younger too. Mm -hmm. And my mom would put out like, big platters of Mm -hmm. like even just crudités and these dips that she made and so that's one of my favorite things to do like I love entertaining with big like boards of food me too I love it I also love making like a big crudité or charcuterie board and just having that for a meal yes and like I do too making it massively elaborate and you can pick and choose and do all these combinations and then Mm -hmm. sitting down and having that be my dinner it's the best, and it's so it's like effortless entertaining too. Yeah. If you have a couple friends over, totally. and then you can just like chill out the entire time. I know because there's nothing worse than having people over and then being stuck in the kitchen. Exactly, and like worried about pulling something out of the oven or carving. Like you never know, exactly. and then everyone's having fun, and I get like FOMO, and 
And then I'm rushed. I'm like, why am I making this? That's the perfect thing where you can do half of it before anyway. Right before they get there, Mm -hmm. grab stuff out of the fridge, lay it out, and then it's just done. Exactly. And if you're not stressed, then your guests are having a great time. I know. The guest, the host sets the tone. Exactly. I agree. Well, I love all of those things. And I do love that it happens with most guests. It always reverts to childhood. And it's Mm -hmm. like, where did we seek comfort growing up? What really reminds us us of a very specific moment? Like how you were saying that reminds you of summer. Mm -hmm. I feel that way about certain things. And you almost like when you eat it, you feel like you're back in that time. Exactly. And that's why I love food because it transports you like to so many different phases of your life. Well, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. Everyone, I'll put all of the information on the clean market in the show notes, but definitely go check it out. And we will include that. I was given a discount code yes. um, for services. So I'll include that Perfect. in the show notes also. But thank you, Lily. Thank you for having me. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there at Freckled Foodie.